It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into a News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, music to Jaguars fans' ears in the music city. The Jags went into Nashville and walked out with a W first time since 2013. Man, turning back the clock and I, you know, we talked a few weeks ago during bye week, you know, what would be the, the, the appropriate closing stretch for the Jaguars? Could they get to that magical four and three and you were, you were laughing at me on my wins, and I, I said, you know, they're going to win the games that, you know, probably win a game or two that we're not expecting and lose a game uh, or two that we're expecting them to win. So, of course, they are upholding that into the bargain. They beat the Ravens. They go to Tennessee. They beat the Titans in Nashville. And that means the Texans are coming up, and the Texans will get their second win of the year. By the, the theory that we've subscribed to in this post by Jaguars World. So does that mean they'll beat the Cowboys this week? It did. Probably so. Probably mm. so. So I was just, just finished doing a hit in the show, and they did weather right before us, and John Gahn was already warning people that it looks like it's going to be a downpour scheduled for Sunday for that game. And while I, well, I guess John and Tom were sitting there like, oh, no, that's bad news. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, the Cowboys would have to play in the same rain the Jags would. That actually might be helpful. <laughs> and if they beat the Cowboys, I, I just, I'm not going to know what to make of this team. They are the most... <laughs> This team is just impossible to figure out. You lose against the Texans. Yes. And you beat the Ravens. Yes. You lose against the Broncos in London, and you beat the Titans in Nashville. It makes absolutely no sense what this team has done this year. And I, it really has me excited for 2023. I think whatever we get this year is house money. Uh, however they, they look towards this closing stretch, Trevor's looked fantastic these last few weeks. Since I mean, week nine, his stats are some of the top in the NFL. Unreal. 10 touchdown passes, 73% completion percentage, 1,300 mm-hmm. yards, no turnovers from throwing the ball. He has looked like a franchise quarterback. Right. And again, nothing about this team makes sense. It, it makes no sense. And you know, if we've talked about this, a successful year for Doug Peterson in year one was everyone going into the offseason saying, Trevor Lawrence is the guy and is an upper level quarterback in this league. What we've seen over the last stretch of weeks is that Trevor Lawrence is the guy and is ready to take this big jump and be in that conversation for some of the top quarterbacks in the league. I mean, everything you've seen says, you know, easily top 15. I mean, we could have the conversation of if he's in the top 10 uh, with some of the throws you're seeing and make what is starting to look like on a consistent basis. And so we've talked about this before the season. We I remember this exact conversation. We said if yep. Trevor could get into that maybe top 12 to 14 quarterback cut, that's what it, it would take for this team to be successful. Well, he's there now. He is in that, you know, you look at this past month of football and how good he has played. And we, when he has played like that, they're a top 12 team, top yeah, 14 team. They are. And they go as Trevor goes. And he has looked like just that franchise quarterback in that top 12 to 14 cut of what we have said that 
the Jaguars to take that next step, Trevor Lawrence has to be in the chasm of the top dozen to top 14 quarterbacks in that league, and he's playing even better than that right now. Well, it's crazy. I was You were talking, I was like, I really like the Ringers quarterback rankings because they, they update them each week. I type it in, and you said top 12, and that's exactly where they have Trevor Lawrence at right now, it, no, he, at number 12, right behind what? He, they've got him behind Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. They've got Geno Smith ahead of him, who has been balling, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes. A lot of those guys you can't really argue about, oh, but, yeah. but we could probably move him up a, top, a spot or two. That's why I was saying, I mean, he's not far from the top 10, especially when you look at the numbers and what people are seeing. I mean, if he keeps this up to the end of the year, even if the Jaguars don't make it into the playoffs, I think we go into the offseason and we're having the argument of, is Trevor Lawrence a top 10 quarterback in the league? Which I is think a good I, thing to do. That conversation <laughs> has shifted even in the last month between you and I. I mean, yes. you and I have had multiple pods about, is Trevor the guy? Is is mm -hmm. he in a danger zone? And I, I always said year three was his danger zone. And if he was still performing like he was in the first maybe six weeks of this season, in the first six weeks of next season, I think we have an issue. But he has turned that corner. I, where was the, the switch that flipped for him this year? I, you know, I think it was that London game. It was that London game against the Broncos, and he threw that interception on the goal line, and I really feel like there, there hasn't been much downside to him since then. He's been out there slinging the ball, and it's like, I don't know. I think that was the moment where Doug Peterson called that sprint out to the right and he threw another interception there and maybe that just clicked it. Maybe it was a conversation him and Doug had about you can't make these mis these mistakes. But since then, he's been out there and he's been surgical. Even in the Jaguars' losses, he's been pretty good. I'll take the Lions game out of it just because of the the situation going on there with the mm -hmm. toe, the possible injury. He did return to the game, which was huge. And but, you know, it really felt like they were just completely out of that one. But for the most part, he's been out there playing really good football. And it's anyone can see that. Yeah, he, anyone. He has played remarkably well. And for our listeners who don't know, Jamal's got the Victory Monday tie on. So we're working <laughs> to get uh, we're to integrate our pod to a video so we can see these uh, these beautiful outfits Jamal's got on. So the, the Victory Monday t uh, tie for Jamal. So hey, it's, you got to wear teal after all, right. right? You got the teal shirt <laughs> on, so I mean, we're all in it. That's right. You know? But it, yeah, to me, Trevor, again, he goes, the, the team success is Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And I know the defense, you know, it, it has regressed and had a decent game yesterday against the Titans. Well, but, they matched up really well but, with them. But this team will go as Trevor goes. Yes. And everything went wrong in the Lions game. I think Doug said it was kind of the, the culmination of just everything bad this season mm -hmm. went wrong in that game. You know, we've had bad quarters or bad halves of football, but we never had just a complete disaster like we had in that Lions game. So that was encapsulation of everything wrong this season. And again, Trevor didn't play bad in that game. No. He played you know, kind of within that system and refined. And I was just glad we got out of that game with no significant injury to Trevor. But he certainly looks like, I mean, you're looking yesterday in the Titans game, him being flushed out of the pocket and how he moved around rushers, how he was able to get out of sack situations, get down the field and make it happen. I'm thinking of that Evan Ingram uh, play, that touchdown where he moved out of the pocket and avoided pressure. Same thing with that Jamal Agnew throw that set up uh, a touchdown to Evan Ingram. I mean, just everything that Trevor Lawrence did wrong before where he's, he's rushed in the pocket, he's skittish, 
he does not look like that quarterback now. He looks in control. He looks in control, and he's doing it with a cast of players that are all – I mean, three of them are on their way to career years. Zay Jones already had a career – almost at a career number. Uh, Christian Kirk's knocking on the door. He should be at a career year by the time it's done. Never a 1,000-yard receiver? He's going to do it this year. He's doing year. it probably next game. Yeah. Um, and Evan Ingram's knocking on the door of having a career year. And keep in mind, they already know they got Calvin Ridley right around the corner for next season. So, I mean, if you want to say that the future is bright for everything that you could do, it, it's looking good. Um, there's some questions about if they bring in other players or what, but, but neither here nor there. It, the future's bright. Well, they're doing it right now with the cast and crew that they have. And there's already a big talent right around the corner for this. Um, because when you have a quarterback that's playing the way Trevor is this early in his career and you inject that into a roster, there's the opportunity for magic to happen. We talked about the turnaround that Cincinnati had because they made that magical run to the Super Bowl after, after really struggling. And people were like, well, it was because Joe Burrow got hurt the year before. No, that was just really wasn't a good football team. Right. And overall, they're still not that great of a football team. They just have a really good quarterback with receivers to throw the ball to. And they addressed some of their issues that made them such a bad team mm-hmm. the year before. I mean, offensive line was a must-have. And the offensive line still bad, and in it's Cincinnati. still bad. But they, you know, they did upgrade it a little bit. It's still not where it needs to be. But Jacksonville, kind of a similar situation. You know, you'd like to see that Trevor bump in year three. I think that'll happen. You're going to have to get better on the defensive side of the ball. You need a better corner opposite Shaq. Uh, Tyson Campbell, I mean, Shaq's going to be gone next year. So there Mm -hmm. are issues that Jacksonville's going to go into 23 with, just like Cincinnati did, say we've got to get better at – offensive line to me this year has been good, but you've got free agency issues coming up there with Juwan Taylor. What are you going to do at right tackle next year? Um, So I do think they enter 2023 with some issues, Mm -hmm. but I think if you can kind of continue this upward ascent – towards the end of the year and I think we were all in agreement going to the Tennessee game that the wheels felt like they were close to falling off for this team they definitely felt like it (laughs) and it still could but I like the ascension you've liked what I wanted to see this year was growth from Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. we've absolutely seen that no major injuries and just kind of the defense to have an idea of what it wants to to grow into next year and you know, uh, Trayvon Walker, good game yesterday, maybe his best game uh, in the NFL. Josh Allen actually showed up yesterday. So I want to see bits and pieces of, of that progress. I think 2023 is still the year, and I think they're on that upward trajectory. And you mentioned Calvin Ridley. When he gets into this offense, another year of Christian Kirk, man, 2023 is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But we're going to, some of those off-season conversations, we'll save those for a later podcast. Let's focus on this year because the Jaguars are actually playing meaningful football games in December. In mid-December. It's, it's yes. mid-December, and you're still saying the Jaguars are in the hunt for the playoffs. They're in the conversation. I'm not sure the last time that happened. I mean, what, maybe, I know 17, definitely, maybe 18? Eh, no, not no, really. It, definitely not 19. No, it's, it's, it, so it's been, it's been since 2017 2017 sure. was that last time where it so, felt like meaningful football. And they backed into an AFC South title that and, year. And they might back into one this year. Yeah, you they know? might. All right, so, so this is basically right now with four weeks left in the season, they are two games back in the AFC South. The wild card is 
very complicated. If they were going to get into the wild card, they would need a whole lot of stuff to, to flow so their the way. So the path is to The path is to win the AFC the champion, South. The championship. Four games left. They're two games back of the Titans. That win in Nashville helped them hugely. So they need the Titans to lose at least one more game, and the Jaguars would need to win the tape or run the table. Um, so the Jaguars would need to beat the Titans in the final week, and then they would need the Titans to lose an additional game to that. If the Jaguars, this is assuming the Jaguars won all of their games. For any Jaguars loss, then the, the Titans have to lose an additional right. game, to, a game to match that. So basically, you want to say, all right, out of these four games, the Jaguars are going to win one more than the Titans lose. Is that right? So Something like that. You've got to hope basically the Titans <laughs> lose out. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith. The, the Titans schedule, they have the Chargers this week. Chargers tough one. Are, Chargers are a team looking to make the playoffs, so that that's that's a tough one, and it's in LA, so that 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 helps a little bit. They got the Texans, not a whole lot of confidence in Houston, but here's the other one that we like. They got the Cowboys too. Uh, their Cowboys game is in Nashville though, so that helps. But the Cowboys are at the end. That's two weeks out of the playoffs, and the Cowboys are vying for one of them top seeds, so they're they're playing for stuff right now. Uh, and then they got the Jaguars, of course. The Jaguars schedule on the other hand, they have the Cowboys this week. They have the Jets next week. Then they have the Texans, and then they wrap up with the Titans. So I like the Jaguars' schedule much better than right. I like the Titans' schedule. Uh, the, the tough game for the Jaguars is this Cowboys game. The Jets are playing good football. I'm not sure of Mike White's health because he had some issues in the game yesterday. If for some reason he couldn't go or is dealing with some, some injuries and that, that would keep him out for the rest of the season, that's a huge blow for the right. Jets, which is a, an upgrade for the Jaguars. If the Jags can win this Cowboys game, I like the, their odds of being able to run the table. Right. I, I, this is, to me, this is, you look at the Lions game, I thought that was a must win. Well, the Titans game changes things now because yes. that Cowboys game becomes massive, massive, massive. And, you know, I, I again, the Jaguars have been so inconsistent this year in what we're going to get. You know, they have a great game against Baltimore. They come out and lay an egg against Detroit, which Detroit's actually looking like a darn good football team right they now. They are a really good team. Um, I, 2023 for the Jaguars and the Lions. I think that's the uh, that is the ascension year for those two franchises. But the Cowboys game this week, can they beat the Cowboys at home? Tennessee's in a free fall. They fired their GM. They're in a three-game funk. Things just have not clicked for them. And you need that to keep and, rolling. And you your need way. that to happen. I. All right. You know, so so that, can can the can the Titans? Help the Jaguars out and, and continue to lose? They might. I mean, the Chargers are, are getting hot right now. They just beat who they beat? They beat um, Miami last night. So the, the Chargers are rolling a little bit. So right now, the according to uh, 538, which I love this, this website for playoff percentages right now, the Jaguars have a 14% chance to make the playoffs right now. If wasn't, it, you, wasn't it 15 after the game yesterday? I, I think the, the other math must have changed it a little bit. But if they beat the Cowboys... Nothing else added in that immediately goes up to 32%, right? If I go up to the Titans and, and punch in that the Chargers lost, the Jaguars' percentage then goes, uh, or that the, the Titans lost that game, goes up to 40% that fast. Then so you're in a one-game one game season at that point. You're, you're in a one-game season at that point. And I think it's a pretty good chance that the Chargers are going to win this game against the Titans. If there's one game this year that you could have back, what would it be? Ooh, one game? One game. I mean, it's got to be that Texans game, right? I would right? say, the te to me, the Texans or Broncos. It's got to be Texans and Broncos are the two worst losses. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I could, it's, the Texans and Broncos are the two worst losses. 
Um, the hardest loss, the one that you, you wish you could have got back is maybe that Giants game where you came up like literally a yard short mm -hmm. of really making that a football game. But, I mean, the Texans and Broncos are, are by far the two worst losses in my opinion. Yeah. If, if you had to pick one of those, what would it be? You know what? Give me that Broncos game. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that was in London. And the Broncos are playing terrible football. It doesn't even look like Nathaniel Hackett's going to get a year or two. Russell Wilson's awful. Um, and the Jaguars just, I mean, that boneheaded interception from Trevor mm -hmm. in the end zone, they just weren't punching it in. They just didn't do enough. And that one, that one stuck with me. It felt like that Texans game, like everything was just going wrong. It was just one of those days. Uh, but that Broncos one, they should have won that game. Should have that Broncos game to me was they the, should have won that game. It, as bad as the Broncos, I know the the Texans are one and whatever this year, but you got to beat the Broncos. Yes, got to beat the Broncos. How you started that game, a pick and everything was just built for the Jaguars to win that game in mm -hmm. London, and you again you, you kind of crap the bed when you have a chance to to strike the dagger in. A Broncos team that is, to me, worse than the Texans. Yeah, yeah, they've they've got to find a way to win that game in that situation. But you know what? Right now, we're still talking about meaningful football games in mid-December, so they've rebounded enough to at least keep it in the conversation for now. Now, a loss this week, if they lose this week and the Titans won, I mean, a, a lot that makes it very difficult. The rest of the way, you'd really need the Titans to fumble. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's – it's possible. I go back to you and I talking before the season began, and you were optimistic that Jacksonville could find themselves in a playoff situation because of how bad the AFC South was. It's and bad. we're actually seeing that come to fruition yeah. now, where the, the, the Titans are, are treading water. Mm -hmm. And, again, you fire UGM after – I don't understand. Well, I mean, Well, Ryan Tannehill is nobody to throw to. And ownership sat, sits there and has to watch their, their former wide receiver rip them a new one because the GM didn't want to offer them a contract. And they're like, and Ryan Tannehill's over here throwing to Traylon Burks, who's a rookie, and who else? I got guys no one's ever heard of because they, they gave him nothing mm -hmm. to work with. And you got Tr Derrick Henry, who's... You know, at some point, he's going to slow down. Mm -hmm. And it feels like with Derrick Henry at this point in his career, I mean, the Jaguars let him rip off a bunch of yards, but all his yards came in the first half, and then he was a non-factor in the second about half. About the first quarter. Yeah, about the first about quarter. About the first quarter for him. And that just feels like what it's been for him. He's either a, he's a feast or famine running back these days where he either has a bunch of yards or he has next to none. It was and, everything that Jacksonville has go wrong with them. Yesterday, yes. flipped. Right. And every time Jacksonville's in one of those games where the turnovers happen and, you know, they're coughing the ball up and teams are scoring off their turnovers. I mean, Jacksonville had 20 points yesterday off, off mm -hmm. takeaways, which never happens nope. at all. Everything, I mean, the ball literally bounced to into Josh Allen's hands. I don't, you wasn't expecting that on the Shaq Quarterman yeah. fumble yesterday where he hit Derrick Henry, and everything went right yesterday. I mean, the throw to Wingard, that was picked off. I tell you, Dewey has played himself, in, to me, into one of the most valuable backups on that team. And he's a starter now with Andre being out. Mm -hmm. And he has played darn impressive football. He had a yes, couple hits yes. yesterday where you, you do, he's laying the wood. I mean, there have been guys on this team that have come into the situation, mm -hmm. taken their opportunity. I mean, Shaq Quarterman had, what, four snaps yesterday? And, and one of them was a game-changing play. Forced a fumble that <laughs> was the, arguably the biggest play of the game yesterday. Mm -hmm. 
So they're getting performances out of guys where you did not see that before. And you, you have to have, as Doug Peterson has said time and again, you've got to have some things go your way in football games at this level. The margin of error is so finite where things like that yesterday, a Shaq Quarterman comes in for one play and pops Derrick Henry and, and he fumbles the ball. I mean, that just does not happen. Um, so everything went right yesterday for them. And, you know, those kind of things can happen from time to time. And to, to be 100% honest, and I know nobody is going to be listening to this and think, I want to go to the bank on Sunday and sit in a rainstorm. I think a rainstorm on Sunday would be something going the Jaguars' way. <laughs> it, I 100% think that's pro-Jaguars. And I, this, you know, if they beat the Cowboys this week, this season will oddly shift to me to feeling a little bit how 96 felt, where the second-year Jaguars catch fire at the end of the season. They win a huge game on Sunday night football. Tony Bracken's a massive performance, and they get into that Week 17 game against the Falcons. They have an unbelievable play at the end of the game where I think it was Jamal Anderson or somebody rips off a run to set up a field goal. One of the most reliable field goal kickers in NFL history, Morton Anderson, gets up for a chip shot field goal, and he hooks it. He misses it. And Jacksonville in the second season at 9-7 and seven, get into the playoffs, magical run all the way AFC Championship game. I'm not saying this season is going to end up like that, but a win over the Cowboys could start this train of thought thinking a little bit like there could be some magic hey, to look, this team of I've, 96. I've been pointing out those parallels all you year have. long. I mean, you know, the wins before the, the bye week matched up. The Jaguars went on this run in 96. It started by beating the Baltimore right. Ravens. You know, that there's some parallels. It was Mark Brunel's second year with the Jags. Trevor Lawrence's second year with the Jags. Huh? You know, uh, look, there, there are things there. And the one thing that really could give them magic is that Trevor Lawrence has been on fire. If they find a way to get the job done and somehow they get into the playoffs, the last thing that any team wants to do is, go on, is take on a quarterback that is just ripping everybody a new one. And it looks like Trevor Lawrence has the hot hand right now. And if he keeps this hot hand and, and the Jaguars drag their way into the playoffs, I mean, I, I'm not saying that they could beat a Kansas City or a Buffalo, but if I'm Kansas City or Buffalo, that's not exactly my ideal matchup either. And they've got to win the AFC South. There's no other way into the playoffs right now for no. them. I mean, wild card is so complicated and such a low scenario for that to happen they've got to win the AFC South and to me that that is handling business I think if you beat the Cowboys you can possibly mention the word playoffs I know you got to beat the Titans you've got to and again I know we like to look ahead look back and everything but I do think you beat the Cowboys this week then you're permitted a little bit to start looking ahead I this game is the fulcrum to me. You cannot lose this game and still expect to, to have, unless Tennessee goes in the toilet. But I don't see that. I think there's less less likely of a chance for the, the Titans to just con, continue this free fall and uh, limp to the finish at that 0-4 finish. Um, but again, I said 4-3 and three over this final seven-game stretch to me was was possible, but Jacksonville would have to play out of its minds. Mm -hmm. And the recipe is there. I mean, Trevor, the hot hand, the defense kind of, you know, put a uh, put a plug in the, the leaking. The I mean, the Titanic had fewer leaks than the Jaguars 
defense these last few weeks. And they finally plugged those holes. You know, Trayvon, light going on for him. He played more yesterday as a three-technique guy, hand in the dirt. Yesterday a little bit more than standing up, so that was good. And you saw the burst from Trayvon. He's starting to maybe come on a little bit. But Trevor Lawrence, the key to everything. If he continues this, next, I mean, he's going to enter next year as a top-five quarterback in the league. Possibly, possibly. All right, figure it this way. Let's say they sneak in, just for sake of conversation right here. They sneak in, they win the AFC South, they're the four seed. Mm -hmm. Are you, and you're Cincinnati. Do you want to play the Jaguars? No, I, I, think, exactly. I think Cincinnati says this reminds me a lot of us last year. This mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of, you know, this team got hot, and, you know, the, the Bengals have a recipe for beating the Chiefs, but do they have a recipe for beating a team like them in, in the Jaguars. And I think Jacksonville is, at this point, it's a poor man's uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I'm Cincinnati, I wouldn't be feeling good about it. I definitely would not. And, um, you know, and, and keep in mind, that would be a game in Jacksonville. Right. So you'd be playing, you'd be, ho they'd have to come to Jacksonville and play the Jaguars. You got a Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow matchup. That would be great for television. Yes. But if I'm the Bengals, I wouldn't want to play the Jags. No. I, I, I just wouldn't because the, that's what they'd have to look in the mirror and say, is this us from last year? The, the, you see this? <laughs> like, like their defense is awful. Our defense was awful. Their offensive line a little bit better than ours, but is this, is this us? <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm so, not. I, if I'm the Bengals, I would not want that matchup. So, the, there, I mean, there's a path. There's a, there's a conversation to be had. There's a lot of work left to be done. Uh, but obviously, it, it, they, they have to find a way to get in, which in order to do that, they got to beat the Cowboys. they got to beat the Jets. they got to beat the Titans a second time. Um, but it's possible. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's, I think, all many Jags fans could ask for is for it's, the possibility to be there in December. I mean, remember at this point last year, we're already talking NFL talking draft. draft yeah. and it was – you know, the buzz in the stadium was gone. I mean, there was a, a little bit of a, of a boost after firing Urban Meyer, but you knew the coaching staff was going to be completely overhauled at this point. Um, in the season last year, Trevor was struggling, chance of he's a bust, and it was just not a good year. But this year, there's hope, there's excitement, there's passion in the city. I, again, I remember 96, how good that felt in the city to be and I know it was new back then and excitement, but when there's playoff football in the air for an NFL town, mm -hmm. it just does something different. It just does something different. Um, there's not been a lot of that at all lately. There's an unbelievable quarterback in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Thank God for Frank Gore. <laughs> he should be on everyone's Christmas list. He, sh he should just get a bunch of Christmas I mentioned Morton Anderson, and there used to be a, an award, sports award show in Jacksonville called the Jaspers. And they would give out awards locally, statewide, and they had Morton Anderson as a presenter one year. So he was the <laughs> presenter. So Frank Gore, I think, uh, I think maybe could be a uh, – gets his place in Jacksonville history when all of a sudden – Yeah, we, we got we to get Frank Gore on the Christmas list, send him a card. Thank you. <laughs> Saved us from Zach Wilson. Yeah, oh, my goodness. I, I'd have hoped they would have went Justin Fields, but I, I'm sure they would have went Zach Wilson. Well, you know what? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Trevor Lawrence is here. Things are looking good, and they're playing competitive football. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that Cowboys matchup a little bit later on in the week once some of the, I guess, injuries kind of clear themselves up because there are some questions about if a guy like Andre Sisco would be back for this Trayvon week. Trayvon Walker. If Trayvon Walker will be available. Uh, Trevor Lawrence should be good to go. The Cowboys uh, have an injury at right tackle that could change their offensive line setup. So there are some things that are popping up. Um, this Cowboys defense is good, and the Cowboys offense is good. They've got 10 wins already this year, so the Jaguars are going to have their hands full. 
Um, but I'm still in the in the group that says if there's a monsoon, it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Just pack your ponchos, and you know what? There's gonna be a bunch of Cowboys fans there. You'd love to see them in the. You know, I was thinking about it earlier today, and this is getting off track a little bit. But it feels like the Cowboys are one of those teams. Either every, either you're a Cowboys fan or you hate them. Oh yeah, there is absolutely. no in between. So so if if you're a Jags fan and then like you go to the you go to this game and it's monsooning, but the Jaguars find a way to win, you're looking at a. a a soaking wet Cowboys fan who's leaving the stadium upset and all of a sudden you feel dry and like it's a 90 degree day. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess that forecast will clear itself up uh, later on in the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in for this news for Jack's podcast. Enjoy your victory Monday. And um, we'll hopefully be talking about some more wins and some more uh, important December football games at an, in another episode. See ya.